if you are listening to this, you've either decided to run a marathon, you're thinking about running a marathon, or maybe you just like me, which is pretty great. <laughs> but dude, this is huge. Emily Abadi here. Welcome back to Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs to top CEOs and athletes about how they got through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning into wellness. For today's episode, I'm talking all about the must-know things for new marathoners just digging into a training cycle. I know right now is a huge time for people debating fall marathons, so I'm just here to try and help you make a smart, capable decision. As far as my marathon history goes, I remember how epic it was the moment I clicked confirm for my first full marathon in Hartford. It was back in 2013. I'd run in about four or five half marathons and really it was just something unexplainable inside of me that made me feel like I was ready for more. Of course, if you want to hear more about how I got into running as a whole, definitely check out episode one of the podcast where I kind of give my whole lowdown. Now, today, I'm seven marathons down. I'm personally debating a fall marathon, and I'm also a certified run coach through the United Endurance Sports Coaching Association. And so honestly, this all happened for me because at one point, I felt exactly how you do right now. So today, we're going to dive into it. As always, at Hurdle Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can always hit me up as well over at, at Emily Abadi. If you got a Hurdle moment of your own to share, some questions, some topic suggestions for a future Hurdle moment, feel free to shoot me an email. It's emily at hurdle.us. And lastly, I just need to say this. I am so amped for the U.S. Women's National Team five goals for this week's Hurdle Podcast Monday episode. Alex Morgan, the co-captain of the U.S. Women's Soccer Team, and uh, 13-0 for the game. I'm just, I can't even formulate sentences or words. I'm so over the moon. So excited to be following them over there in France. If you haven't checked out Monday's Hurdle episode, please definitely go give it a listen. And uh, I think that's it. With that, let's get this week's Hurdle Moment. A few fun facts for you, care of Google. 45% of runners have completed between two and five half marathons, while 50% have never tried a full one. There are about 570 marathons held in the United States every single year, and approximately, and this is the money stat, 0.5% of the U.S. population has run a marathon. Yep. So... I want to reiterate just how awesome it is that you're even considering this. Whether it's your first time or your 20th time, let me tell you, the butterflies that come hand in hand with training for a marathon, they uh, they never go away. It's a huge commitment and exciting opportunity. I remember I was sitting at a bar with my girlfriend on her birthday a few years back. It was race week of the New York City Marathon. And so gearing up for the big day, I wasn't drinking. There was a man next to us and he asked us if we wanted a shot for her birthday. And I said, no. And he asked why. I told him about the marathon and he said, you know, marathons have a large opportunity cost. And that was the night that I learned what opportunity cost means, which is essentially when we see a really big opportunity, something that's important to us, we give up other things, other opportunities in favor of it. So you, my friends, are about to undertake something that has a large and exciting 
opportunity cost. With that said, there are some things you should know if you're gearing up for a marathon. And now we're going to dive right in. Firstly, it's okay to be nervous. <laughs> like I said, you've made a huge commitment to yourself that you should be super, super proud of. You aren't going to have all the answers and that's okay. Some of the best stuff happens to us in life when we're a little anxious, right? Think first dates, new jobs, and of course, in this case, marathons. So embrace the nerves and understand that it's all part of the process. Second, Find the gear that makes you feel flawless. Everyone has different likes and wants from their training gear, from sneakers to tank tops and shorts and socks. I mean, on the sock note, it's funny. These days, I swear I've almost forgotten that there is such a thing as a non-athletic sock. But before I started running so much, I remember buying socks in bulk from Costco that didn't do anything like wick sweat or make my feet feel extra comfortable in my sneakers. Let me tell you, if you have never tried on a pair of sweat wicking specific to run socks, well, you're totally missing out. Anyway, flawless gear. I'm a firm believer that the stuff you wear when you're training and definitely on race day should feel like a second skin, which means you should be messing with it throughout your entire training cycle. And definitely, 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 I know we hear this all the time, but nothing new on race day, which means that throughout those three, four, five, six months that it takes you to train, make sure you're trying out different stuff, homing in on exactly what makes you feel like you, exactly what feels comfortable. Of course, sneakers are a super important component to this puzzle. So make sure you head into a specialty running store, try some stuff on, find yourself a place that gives you some sort of refund satisfaction guaranteed, where you can go for a run or two in your new kicks and see how you really like that. You know, according to science, no matter what your gait is or how your foot comes into contact with the ground, what's most important is that you're comfortable with your sneaker, whether it's a stability shoe or a neutral shoe or what have you. So Find what makes you feel good and get some good use out of it. Three, don't skimp on nutrition. When I first started running, I was so scared to put anything into my body because I thought it would totally mess me up instead of help. So if you feel that way too, you are certainly not alone. I know it feels kind of weird to think about eating and drinking when you're out there and running. The real deal though is that nutrition is a good thing. There are so, so many options out there from Cliff Gels, which are like a slurp of sweet, desserty goodness available in like a zillion different flavors, to sports beans, which are like race-friendly jelly belly jelly beans, to shot blocks, which are like larger than average gummy bears. There's a kind of snack and nutrition and eat for every type of runner and preference. So whatever you lean toward, make sure that you are practicing with it on your runs that are longer than 10 miles. The rule of thumb is typically that you should be taking in some sort of nutrition about every 45 minutes or maybe five miles, give or take. And I say that knowing that it definitely depends on your individual needs, your body. For me, I'm a super salty sweater, which means that I'm looking for more electrolytes than someone who maybe isn't a salty sweater at all. As for hydration, that's super important too. When you're out there, whether it's a training run or on race day, make sure that you're reaching for water, not just when you're thirsty, but at least every 30 minutes or so to get in some good H2O. I actually plan my long runs during the summer according to where the water fountains are in Central Park, around Manhattan, off the bridges. You know, after eight or so years of living here in Manhattan, I'd like to think that I have the locations pretty down pat. 
Number four, work with a coach throughout or get a plan from a good coach. Coaching is important and even coaches need coaches. Like I said, I'm a certified run coach and right now as I'm gearing up for the Brooklyn Mile this weekend, which I am a little nervous about, I even have an excellent coach. Especially when you're doing something that is so taxing on your body, it's important to ask for help. For the first four out of seven marathons I did, I did it without a coach. Like a lot of beginner runners, I found that classic Hal Higdon training plan and I followed it to the T. And you know what? It was fine. But the thing is, is that everyone is different and there are certain things that you may need that aren't for the general public. These are things that a coach that doesn't know you, that doesn't know your body, they can't accommodate for that. So maybe you have a right knee injury that acts up every now and again, or you have a really restrictive schedule that needs accommodating for. You can't run four or five days every single week. A coach can help you plan for that. They can also be your rock when things get tough. Trust me, this is an emotionally draining process. It helps to have someone in your corner. What's important, again, is not just that you're comfortable during this experience, but also that you're looking out for you, that you are looking out for your body. Number five, and don't get scared. (laughs) Things are going to go wrong and you are okay. I promise. I cannot even tell you how many days I wake up and I get out of bed and things just feel awful. I've had bad long training runs and bad quick three milers. I've had runs that ended in tears and runs that I completely abandoned in favor of like going to get soft serve or iced coffee or whatever else I wanted at the time. One of the biggest lessons in marathon training is that it's all cumulative, right? One single bad run isn't going to be the thing that derails an entire three plus months of training. You have to be easy on yourself when these days happen because they will. And on that note, when it comes to, I keep referencing this three month period, that amount of time definitely differentiates for every runner. It depends what your base is when you're heading into your training cycle. If you're literally going from couch to marathon, then this could very well be an eight month buildup. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, consult with a coach, get some advice, and be really smart about how you ease into the whole process. With that said, things are going to go wrong. You are okay. You have to be easy on yourself when bad days happen because they will. I'm not saying you have to put on a strong face, but what I am saying is that you have to allow yourself to feel it out. None of us work hard to watch things we care about not go as we'd hope but you deserve your own compassion, whether you're wearing compression tights or not. During this hard stuff, I want to encourage you to remember your why, which brings me to tip number six, home in on your why. Everyone has a different reason why they choose to run a marathon. Some want to do it for charity. Others run it because someone in their family got them into it. Or, you know, maybe you just run it for yourself. Whatever your purpose might be, it's important to remember that as you keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, my why has always been that overweight girl in her freshman dorm room. I want to always be her cheerleader. I want to always show up for me. If you just run to run because you like the feeling, hey, that's cool. But I encourage you to take out a pad or a piece of paper or open your notes app right now and write down how running makes you feel. On the hard day, when you feel like you're confused and upset and frustrated and want to throw in the towel, I encourage you to go back to this piece of paper, go back to that note, and remember why you started in the first place. Trust me, it's worth it. And my last tip for beginner marathoners, go in without a time goal. 
listen, I'm just as competitive as the next person. But the reality is, is that a marathon, no matter how fast, no matter how slow, no matter where you are, so many factors, finishing it is epic, epic. Sure, you know, you might hear people talking about a four, a three, a five, a six, a two and a half hour marathon. The reality is, is that that first race is your race. You only get to be a first time marathoner once. So when you go in, focus on how you feel. Focus on enjoying the moment. Focus on all that you've accomplished and enjoy the day for what it is instead of stressing out over how fast you're moving or where someone else or maybe even you think that you should be. Embrace it. It's special and man, it's going to change your life forever. That's it for now, guys. Like I said, I've uh, I've run a fair share of marathons in my day. New York City about four times, the Dublin Marathon once, the Hartford Marathon once, the Boston Marathon once. All except Boston were fall marathons. It's a great time of year to lace up and get outside. And if you're thinking about doing it, well, I'll be right in your corner cheering you on come race day. At Emily Abadi, at Hurdle Podcast, keep me in the loop with what you've got going on. I can't wait to see you guys take on those goals. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.